Wow, it's such an amazing time of worship today that we can just come to church either physically or even online. So nice to see some of you are online wherever you are. It's really amazing just to be uh, in church, to be able to just worship God, to be able to just uh, be in the presence of friends and family, but most importantly, being in the presence of God. I think that is the most important whenever we worship God, whenever we come to church. It's not just about uh, being in the community, which is important, but the most important part is because we can be in the presence of God uh, today or wherever we are. As you can see, the title for, for this for today, it's something that we are very, very familiar, especially from SIBKL. You hear this like 10,000 times. Let's all, let's all just read this together, okay, before we even start, because this is something that is really the essence of not just SIBKL, not just our DNA, but it's really about the essence of the, the, the scripture reading that we have for, the, for today. So let's all read it together. One, two, three. It's not strong. Big is not strong. Strong is strong. Okay, very good. So in the manner that you're reading now, it's not that strong yet. Okay, so let's read it together. As, as you all know it so well, let's read it with passion. That's something that we really believe in, in, in it. All right, ready? One, two, three. Small is not strong. Big is not strong. Strong is strong. Yes, right. That's right. Yeah, strong is strong. Let me read, Father Lord, even today as we prepare our hearts for the message, as we learn, as we catch about what it means to be strong today, Father Lord, I just pray that Lord, our hearts will be ready to just receive from you and to catch what you want us uh, 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 to, to catch today in our spirit, Lord Father. So thank you, would you just open our hearts, open our spirit today, and even as I speak, Lord, would you just anoint my lips as I speak that Lord, your word will go through into the lives of every single listener today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So small is not strong, big is not, is not strong, strong is strong. This is something that we hear uh, many, many, many times in SIBKL. And the key word here is the word strong. And that is big right in your face, the word strong. You know, sometimes it's very easy for us to, to claim that um, example. I can claim that I'm a very good cook. But how would I know or how would you know that I'm a good chef or not. You have to taste my food. You have to make sure that, okay, uh, okay la, you think that you're very good, but actually you're cooking, eh, like that only la. If someone says that they are strong, how would you know if they are strong or not? Yes, physically, you can look at that. If you look at the physical strength, you can see whether they've got muscles or not. But if you can't see, if they're wearing clothes, that you just can't see whether they're muscles or not. The only way to test their physical strength is, okay, come carry something. See if you can carry this weight at the gym. You can say you're strong, but when it really comes to the challenge, that's when we really determine how strong you are. So for example, if I go to the gym, I feel that, okay, I can carry, uh, just say, I don't know, I, I, I don't go to the gym, that's why I don't even know how much. Just say, I can carry 10 kg, like, I don't even know how heavy is that now today. 10 kg, wow, I'm very strong. But after that, to people, wow, Jeremy, not bad, I'm quite strong, are you? I can carry with no effort. Said, of course, it's nothing. But if you bring Pastor Sean in, who goes to the gym, what is 10 kg? He can carry 100 kg on each hand easily. <laughs> then when he compare myself to him, I am weak. Not as strong as I thought I was, but Sean is strong. But if Sean compares himself to someone else, like Pastor Chu, Pastor Chu can carry 300 kg on each arm. Therefore, Sean is now weak in comparison. So, you understand where I'm going with this? That the, when you say strong, it's very dependent on the challenge that comes. You can be strong at this level, great, but when it comes to a greater level, we, you might not be as strong as you thought you were, you were. And that's why when we look about the word strong, it is very determined by the challenge that comes with it. That is the, the measuring stick is actually the, cha the challenge. And today, if I, I, I want everyone to catch where I'm coming from, that when we look about strong, small is not strong, big is not strong, strong is strong, I want you to now come from the lens that the church as a whole, not just S-I-B-K-L, church, the kingdom of God. When we say that the kingdom of God is strong, it has to be determined by the challenges that comes against the kingdom of God to see whether the kingdom of God is still standing firm or it's broken in certain places. That's how we know. And if you look at the church today, church as a whole today, the church is being challenged from many fronts. 
many fronts as a whole. What do I mean by challenge? What kind of challenges? The value system. The world is challenging the church's value system. Where do you stand as a church? As we know, as I'm going to go a little bit deeper, you know, for us, maybe we don't see it much here in, in Malaysia, but if you look at social media, you look at uh, our friends and family in, in the States, in the Western world, in the Euro world, you look, their principles are being challenged. As a Christian, where is your stand? That's where the church are being, being challenged. Even sometimes the church are being challenged and criticized based on the songs you sing. You think about it, sometimes, oh, you are still singing songs from that generation. Now, we are singing this kind of songs, but you're still singing, example, I'm not going to name any names, but no, you know what I'm saying. Oh, you're still singing, I sang those songs 10 years ago. Now it's not current anymore. And therefore, because you're not singing current songs, therefore your church is not applicable today. You know, the church are being challenged with even such opinions and mindsets. Sometimes the church is being challenged based on how we dress, how we look in the physical. How is the physical building? How are the people being dressed? And all these are just some of the small areas, some of the areas, I wouldn't say small, some of the areas that the church are being bombarded with. The church is being under a microscope and being opened up to see, hey, where do you stand? How strong are you when people challenge you with these various principles and mindset. And what it actually means, what does it actually mean when we say a strong church? It's not just about like the size, no. You know, it's not about the size. It's not about how many members, although those are some measuring points, but a strong church is actually a church that influences others, a church that can change lives, a church that disciples not only the people in the building, but the people around the building to build disciples. That is a strong church in, in, in a short sense. Today, even as we go into 1 Timothy chapter 4, it speaks a little bit where Paul is talking to Timothy and he warns Timothy about the dangers being an a, a upcoming leader, a pastor, what are the upcoming dangers that the church will face? That's in first, the whole chunk of 1 Timothy 4. So now, let, let's just read, okay, in 1 Timothy 4, chapter 1 to 2, and this is what it says. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings comes through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as a hot iron. Paul wants Timothy that in the later times, in the end times, if you put it that way, people will start to leave the faith, there'll be deceiving spirits, and then deceiving spirits are people that may sound godly, but actually they have their own interests in mind. And people will fall to it because they sometimes maybe use the name of the Lord. They sound like, wow, you are really sent by God, but actually it's just their own uh, uh, hypocritical thoughts, their own carnal thoughts, but putting it in the image that represents God. That's a, a, a hypocrite in a sense. And today, if you look at this verse, it says that, clear, the Spirit says that in later times, right, this is talking to uh, in those days, in the in biblical times where Paul was telling Timothy in later times. Now, if I look at today, today, the later times sounds like right now. If you think about it, people abandoning the faith deceiving spirits around, hypocrites around us. It really sounds like the later times that Paul was saying is actually the times we are actually living right now. You know, some of you, some, those abandoning the faith, maybe some people will say, oh, you know, uh, Pastor Jeremy, maybe some, some of us may have that, come from that uh, viewpoint that Maybe these people actually did not actually receive Jesus in the first place. You know, they were not true Christians or their salvation was not real salvation. You know, some of us may come from that, uh, that school of thought. Or maybe another school of thought is, yeah, they were actually Christians and then they now have left the faith. If you think about people today, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter which school of thought that you're coming from. The end product is what people today are actually slowly denying Christ. And that is actually bad news. 
it is bad news. And this is something Paul was warning Timothy, and I really see it today in our lifetime. What do I mean? Like example, this, you may have heard this term, the great resignation. Something that happened in about last year, 2022, around 2021, late 2021 to 2022. What is this? This is actually a wave that came to light during the COVID season. How many of you are familiar with this term, the great resignation you've heard before? Okay, not that many. Okay, let me explain to you a little bit more. This is actually, I'm focusing on pastors. Pastors that actually left the ministry. This is in 2021, 2022. That they call it a great resignation because a bunch of pastors, full-time people, started leaving the, not just the faith, but the ministry as well. And this is coming from Barna, okay, a place where uh, they do all this research. And Barna says this, as of March 2022, the percentage of pastors who have considered quitting full-time ministry within the past year sits at 42%. This is consistent with data from fall 2021 when Barna first reported on a sharp increase in pastoral burnout and it confirms the growing number of pastors who are considering resignation up to 13, 13 percentage points from 29% in January 2021. Okay, just to, just to give you a better picture, a graph, okay? So if you look on this side, the yes part. So green color is of January 2021. Red is in March 2022. So the question was this, have you given real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry within the last year? In 2021, about 29% said yes. However, in just one year after that, just about one year, it jumped to 42%, almost half of the pastors and full-time workers that says, I have considered really quitting full-time. And these are real data. Although this is in the, the States and the data is based on in each year was about 400 to 500 uh, people that were being surveyed. So it's about 400 and then in 2021, 400 in 2022. That's a staggering number. But this is in the States, okay, in the States. In Malaysia, in Malaysia, it is also very true that during this season, we have seen, maybe don't look at the lens of, okay, pastors, just look at believers. You know of friends, family, during this season, post-COVID season, many have left the faith. They're questioning the faith. What is happening? I have personal friends, pastors, who were in ministry with me back in the day uh, when I started Bible college, and now they're no longer here. They've left totally and they've become so bitter with the church and whatever it is, whatever their reason. But the idea is this. People are slowly questioning their faith. Their faith is being uh, shaken. And these are staggering numbers. What I'm trying to say is this, friends. The world is getting tougher and all of us are being challenged. The church is being challenged. And the question is, is the church strong to be able to go through all these challenges when the challenges come? Can the church stand firm? Can the church stand firm in its principles that comes from the Word of God? Because we know, we know that the evil one is there bringing out various principles through various medias around. Social media, friends, schools, uh, any platform. There are so many value systems that are in the world. And all of us are being challenged. Again, it's not just pastors. Every single one of us who's called Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are being challenged today. And as I read 1 Timothy 4 again, as I read again, only the strong can stand firm. And today, as we see, what is the mark of a strong Christian? What marks a strong Christian? What is the definition? If I see one, how do I know what's a strong Christian? Let's look into, I'm going to share you three points. Three marks of a strong Christian, or what does a strong Christian look like? And the first one, as I look in the first part, is that a strong Christian, first, is godly. Is godly. And where did I find this from? This is in the first part in chapter 4, verse 7 to 8 have nothing to do with godless myth and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. 
physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Godly. And if I look at the word godly today, okay, this is the word. In Greek, it's called eusebia, eusebia, okay? Piety towards God and reverence. The word godly simply means giving reverence to God. And I don't know about you, in, in, in today's time, sometimes the word godly has been used that is only meant for a select few. Godly, godly people. Oh, you are a leader in church, you need to be godly. Though you are the ministry leader, you need to be godly. Yes, to a certain extent that's true, but even the term godly, sometimes it, it's used, it, again, in my own time growing up, in my time with friends, the term godly has sometimes became, is used in a very sarcastic tone. Oh, you go to church, ah, you don't drink, you always go pray altar. Very godly, are you? Right? We have heard this term, godly, is used sometimes in a, in a degrading tone, in that sense, very sarcastic, very godly. Some of you are smiling because some of us maybe are guilty of actually using that, that words towards our friends. But you know what? Godly, it's actually something that all of us are called to be. It is not something that is for a select few. It's not a taboo that when you're called, you are a godly person. That's not a taboo. That is something that all of us should carry, that people see you they see God in you. They see God in the way that you live. They see God in the way that you speak. That should how that is the mark of a strong Christian, a godly one. We cannot say that I'm a Christian, but I do not want to be godly. Cannot. It doesn't make sense. It comes as a set. There's no a la carte package here. There's no a la carte order. It is a set. I say I'm a Christian. Great, praise God, I accepted Jesus into my life. Therefore, your next thing is be godly. Be godly. That is what Paul was telling Timothy. Have nothing to do with old wise tales, godless things. Because today, in the world, godlessness is creeping in. Godlessness has become the norm the normal thing in the world. And the world system, the world value system is actually trying to take God out of the picture. If you look at it, let me show you an example of this. It's just a, a, something that Reuters wrote early this year about the Church of England. Okay, Church of England, if you put it that way, is the beginning of all churches in that sense. All the traditional church, or what, a lot of churches started from there, if I put it in a simple term. And this is what happened based on current society awareness. Church of England explores gender-neutral God. This is only in February 8, 2023. The Church of England explores a gender neutral God. And why did this came about? It is because of the global awareness of people assuming different pronouns, identifying themselves with different pronouns, and they are no longer comfortable with the concept of male and female. You all are very familiar with that term nowadays, right? That there are so many pronouns. Some people call themselves as, I'm non-binary. Don't call me a him or her or she or him, her, she, the normal pronouns. <laughs> call me as them, they, zer, it, whatever pronouns you can think of, but it's just non-gender bias. And this came about because of that social awareness. Isn't that so dangerous that where the church is heading towards considering such things? And in the same news, I took from another post, which is The Guardian. I saw this, and there's a lot. If you just Google, you see a lot of the big news portals are writing on this. And in, in The Guardian writes this, okay? It says that conservative critics have hit back at the possibility of changes with uh, the Reverend Dr. Ian Paul telling that the Telegraph, that they would represent an abandonment of the church's own doctrine. And what is this based on? It's based 
on the whole title of just now saying that God is no, uh, we don't use Father God anymore. So we either the verse our Father in heaven. We don't use Father anymore. We use uh, our I do not know our ungendered God in heaven. Possible. I saw a video. I can't remember. I wanted to find that video, but it's something. Uh, praise be to our ungendered Father. It's a real video. Uh, a church actually did that. So this was a a a, a reply to this that. No, uh, people who hold on to the value system that there's uh, male and female are now cons- cons- considered as conservative. So, based on this news, this write-up, whoever here in this room still believes that God created a male and only female, you are conservatives. That is where the world is. And it's going to get worse. Godlessness. When we have mindsets like this, people are taking God out of the equation or people are trying to reduce God into something that society can identify with. That's totally such a skewed mindset. Why must we put God in a box so that I, you, 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 I can relate with you at, in my language? No, God is sovereign. We must live our life in accordance to what God has said, not put God in what we think is correct. But that is what the world is heading towards, godlessness. That's why the word godly, a mark of a strong Christian is someone who is Godly, that come what may, come what principles that society may believe in, I will stand firm on what the Word of God says. I will give reverence to God in my life. That is the mark of a strong Christian. And it's actually not that tough in a sense, if I can put it in simple, plain English, that sometimes the word godly is such a big bombastic word that I do not know how to define it. It's very simple. Being godly is just putting God first in your life. No rocket science, no deep theology that I need to dig the scripture, no. Put God first, revere Him. Do we have the fear of the Lord? Having the fear of the Lord is the first step to, being, to living a godly life, to being godly. Love Him. Love God. The second, and the other part is just putting God in the center of our life. That when we look in our life, is God there? Is God there? Is God in my workplace? Is God in the way I speak? Is God in my homes? Is God in the places that we are going? Is God there? So godliness simply means that it's putting God first and putting Him in the center of our life. That's the first step of being godly. And friends, can I say it again? That being godly is not for a select few. Being godly, it's a command, it's an obligation. The day we say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. All of us need to be godly. So therefore, a mark of a strong Christian is godly. First thing, godly. The second part, what's the second mark of a strong Christian? What can we see? A a strong Christian is not only godly, a strong Christian is also filled with the Word. Filled with the Word of God. And it says here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Okay, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 to 14, it says, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an, set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until, uh, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of the elders laid their hands on you. In this part that I highlighted, devote yourself to public reading of the scripture, preaching and teaching. All these things revolves about, around the word, the word of God. Now, I'm just going to 
jump a little bit. I'm going to share with you a little bit about my story. Because in the beginning here, right, the verse speaks about the very first part it was talking about Paul telling Timothy, do not let anyone look down on you because of your age and, and all that, but devote yourself in reading the scripture. And this is something that I actually asked myself before. And I, something that I could really re- relate with. Because at this point of time, uh, Timothy is believed to be around in his 30s, below 40s, around 30 years old. Okay? And so my story is this. <clears throat> when I first came to SIBKL, way back, okay, not, not way back, lah, 10 years, lah. It's about 10 years ago, I came to SIBKL as a young, I was 21 years old when I came here, okay, 21 years old. I came here, I came from a small church, I did not grow up in SIBKL, I came from a a much smaller church, doing children ministry, and I came to SIBKL because I I, I saw the, the heart of SIBKL that they have a very strong children ministry, and that's where I wanted to learn what should, how can I grow in the calling of children ministry? So I came here, and then um, I, I slowly took over the leadership of the children ministry here. It, again, just about one year after I, I came on board, and then I was tasked to take over the whole children ministry. That was a huge task for me, because to just give you a, a context, I came from a church where the children ministry is about 30 or 40 children. Okay, so that is the limit of my experience when I came here, children ministry as a whole from uh, 0 to 12 was around 500 strong. So from 40 kids to 500, that is a huge jump. Not only that, the leaders I had to lead, they, they are very good people, okay, because some of them are seated here. Okay, they are really good leaders, but the thing is not, uh, it's about their stature, who they are. Let me explain to you. My leaders under me, a 22-year-old at that time, leading a bunch of leaders who are CEOs, directors of companies, owners of, com- of multiple companies, uh, regional directors of huge companies. I was a 22-year-old leading these 40, 50-year-old people, some of them, who have made their name out there. What do I have to offer, in all honesty? What do I, as a 21-year-old, coming from a very simple background, have to offer to lead the team strategically, to give vision, to cast two-year plan, three-year plan? What do I have to offer? I struggled. I struggled for the first four or five years of my ministry because I, I couldn't, I really couldn't. I cannot do what is required of me to be a pastor, to lead this group of people. I couldn't. So I struggled. But I came to a point, you know, of course, I prayed, and then some of them, again, none of them discouraged me, okay? Let me tell you. The leaders did not discourage me, but this was just my own uh, mental block, if I put it that way. And some of my leaders came to me, and they said, because they saw I was really struggling, and they told me, Jeremy, you don't need to know what we know because you don't have the experience. What you need to do, fill yourself with the word, build your spirit. We just want to catch your heart as the pastor. I wasn't a pastor then. We want to catch your heart as the leader, your passion for the children. Let us use our experience to strategize however. We just want to see a spiritual leader. Fill your word bank. And from then on, I, I had a, a, a paradigm shift that what is important is not just the experiences that I can offer. Although it's important, it helps. But it's what is within me first. What is within me? And this is what I caught when Paul was telling Timothy. Timothy, you may be young. You may not have all the experiences. But what you need to do, devote yourself in Scripture. Fill yourself with the Word. And with that, slowly, substance can come out. Because substance can only come when we fill our spirit with the living Word of God. 
That's why a strong Christian not only must be godly, not only must put God first, they must feel their spirit man with the Word of God. And that is what Paul told Timothy. Friends, today we just finished the 40 days prayer and fasting, if I put it that way, just not too long ago. Now, I believe many of, many of us did so well 40 days, you really fervently read the Word. Some of you maybe woke up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. just to read chunks of Scripture. You, you chose not to eat certain food. You, you abstained from a lot of things that you love. Praise the, praise the Lord. You created a, a momentum, a discipline. But the reality is also this, that for some of us here, on the 41st day, we delete all this. It's like, yes, I've done it. Woo, thank you. Put aside, I'll wait for next year. The cycle starts again next year. On the 41st day, we throw everything away. Yes, I know sometimes we have to eat back again. I understand, but the reality is this. Many of us have fallen to that point that uh, I don't have to be so intense in my Bible reading anymore. That intensity for reading the Bible to really dig the Word of God was only for the 40 days. But after that, thank you so much. I'm going to go back to my normal day-to-day. Friends, can I encourage you? Do not forego reading the Word of God. We must fill our spirit man with the Word of God. If you have stopped reading the Bible, you have maybe did well in 40 days, and after that, you have stopped, can I encourage you? Start back again. Because it is not something that we do for a season. Yes, for a season, we can be more intensive. I agree. 40 days, that was an intensive season that we want to dig deeper. But after that, there should be a continuous lifestyle, a momentum of just feeding ourselves with the Word of God. And can I encourage you, the Bible reading plan for this year has not ended. Correct, not Pastor Licho? You can still come on board. I know for some of you, you have read all the books, whatever yourself has decided, but if you have, have not, Friends, this is not just something fun. Yes, we do it in a way that we have prize given. We make it in a fun way. But again, the essence of it is that as Christians, we are called to read the Word of God. As simple as that. So can I encourage you? The year has not ended. The Bible reading plan has not ended. Start somewhere. Start now. Go back home. Start reading. From one, two, three, wherever you want to start, just start. But the thing is, we must read the Word of God. To be a, a Christian is godly. A strong Christian must be filled with the Word of God. Because you know why? Many of us are endangered of just focusing on the external, the body. We come to church. We attend prayer altars. Good stuff. We, we, we pray, you know, in, in public, when we come in a group of people, we pray together, uh, 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 all these things are good. But sometimes, when we are so focused on the external, and that when we read all this, it's because we only read the Bible because our group of friends are reading, so therefore I read. But when my group of friends chose not to read, my, uh, I, I choose not to read anymore. I come to altar, great stuff. Again, I'm not asking you to not come. Prayer altars are great. But sometimes, if we attend prayer altar for the sake of just because myself is going prayer altar today, therefore I go. But our spirit is actually not wanting to be there. We are just there physically because it's ourselves turn. Let's go. It's a very physical thing. And it's very dangerous because sometimes when we are so focused on just the external look that we look Godly, we look that we are feeling ourselves, but actually, in reality, our spirit may be empty. Because we are so focused on the physical outlook, but we are not feeding our spirit. And that's where the danger comes. Why? Because it's said here, and this is a very, very hard verse to swallow. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, 
On the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This is a hard, hard, hard verse to swallow. Because I, when I read this, I had to really check myself. Have I been a hypocrite? Have I been very focused on my external view of how people view me, that externally I look good, that, wow, Jeremy seems to be godly, he seems to be spiritual, he seems to be reading the word, but actually deep inside my spirit man is empty, that is the danger. And only you know, no one else will know. And what does the verse say? You are hypocrites that way. If your spirit is empty, you appear clean. And remember in 1 Timothy chapter 4 in the beginning, Paul warned Timothy, beware of hypocrites. Friends, today, I'm saying this to you in a way to reflect, to check ourselves. Are all of us feeding ourselves with the word? Coming back to that. Are we feeding ourselves with the word? I'm going to show you a little illustration that how we can look so well on the exterior, but sometimes um, look very different inside. Yeah, Melissa, can, can you just bring that up? Okay, let me show you this. That today in this world of everything is visual, that we can look very well. We work towards the image that other people can see. Thanks, Melissa. We look towards the image of what people look at us. And we know, as in the beginning, I started by saying that all of us are being challenged. The church is being challenged. And only the strong will be able to stand firm. Only the strong will be able to pass the test that comes before them. Now, before you are beautiful eggs. Okay? Everything looks the same. Chicken eggs, okay? This represents all of us today. That when the troubles come, this is how some of us would react or even respond. Or these are the effects that will happen to us. Some of us might, you can see, we crack. Some of us looks good, but it is <laughs> empty. It's empty inside. Some of us are just little liquid chickens, soft. Some of us, maybe a little bit more solid. Okay, that's a hard boy egg, huh? you get what I mean, okay? <laughs> okay? What I'm trying to say is this. It is not the thickness of the external shell which determines the outcome. It is what is inside. Externally, all looks the same. It is inside that gives the different result. Inside that is hard and solid. Yeah, you were cracked, but you still hold on. Hold on. Those that are, you know, work in progress, still soft, you know, here and there, yes, we might still break, but, you know, you, you can't lie to people when we are empty. When the challenge comes, we will break. And this simple illustration just comes to all of us. Are we feeding ourselves? When I say you, I, I'm asking myself as well. Am I? feeding myself, my spirit man, with the Word of God. This is something that all of you have to ask yourself. And bringing this one small is not strong. It's not about the background that you come from. Small church, new Christian. It's not about all that. Big is not strong. Doesn't matter which church you have came from or how long you have been SIBKL, or how many generation Christian you are. Maybe you have your grandfather, you come from a line of huge pastors or strong Christian leaders. It's not about all that. Strong 
is strong. And the strength of our life as we go through challenges in life is very subject to the health of our spirit man. It's inside, not what you see on the outside. So friends, a strong Christian is not... Sorry, a strong Christian is godly. A mark of a strong Christian is filled with the Word. And when we live a godly life, when we fill our spirit man with the Word of God, automatically there will be an outflow. It will manifest into how we live our lifestyle. It starts from inside out, not pretending to be good on the outside and work our way backwards. It starts from within, that when we, have, we live a godly life, we fill our spirit man with the words that comes from the Word of God, and it was then manifest into our physical lifestyle. And when that happens, we will start to influence others. A strong Christian is someone that influences others. And this is where when Paul told Timothy at the end, the last part, watch your life and doctrine closely, Timothy. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. When Jesus, when people see Jesus in how we live, they will know that we are different. We don't have to say it, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. We don't have to put a big Christian tag out there. People will see when we live a strong Christian lifestyle, they will see Jesus. And then when they know that we are different, a door will be open for us to be able to speak Jesus into their life. And that's where influence starts. Friends, if I ask all of us today, do people see Jesus in your life? Is Jesus present in your workplace? How do we know that we are influencing others? How do we know that we're living a strong Christian life? Well, one way to check our life is that if we live different types of lifestyle in different social circles, then we know, hmm, maybe I'm not really living a godly lifestyle or a strong Christian lifestyle. Because maybe for some of us, when we come to Christian social circles, we are this person. When we go to a different social circle, we are this kind of person. When we go to another one, oh, now we change again. Many of us are probably guilty of that at times. And that is a sign that, hey, we better check our life because that is showing that we are actually not a strong Christian. We are not a strong follower of Christ because when we have, when we live a godly life, so when our life is filled with godliness, when our life is filled with the Word of God, we are convicted to live a godly way, to live a lifestyle, which I put the term a strong lifestyle that will influence others. It all starts from within because conviction will determine the conduct, your conduct, our conduct. It's not just a mere show that we want people to see. It is a deep conviction that comes from within our spirit. It starts from deep within. So friends, today, even as I'm, I'm slowly come to a close, because I want to spend some time in prayer for all of us, at the end of the day, strong is strong. It's something that SIBKL, we say it a lot, we believe in. That when, if we say SIBKL, we want to be a strong church, it must first Start with the people, the people in the church, which is all of us here. We must be strong. We need to come together united as one unit to be strong. And remember, strength is something that comes from within, inside. Build our spirit, man. 
And you know, in SIPKL, we have so many opportunities, so many platforms. We have the prayer and fasting. We have the Bible reading plan. We have prayer altars. We have so many avenues for all of us to actually start to build our spiritual life. All these things we are so familiar. So friends, today, I just want to share with you that what is our spiritual health today? Spiritual health. Where is it? Have we been feeding our spiritual body with the Word of God? Are we healthy spiritually? You know, when we go, when you fly on an airplane and the air stewardess or air steward would say, you know, if the oxygen thing comes down, the mask, what do you need to do? Before putting it on someone else, put it on yourself. Why? Because if you are dead, you can't save the person beside you. So the question comes to all of us. How can we be a blessing to people? How can we live a life that's influencing others if our spiritual health is dead? And today, being a strong Christian once again, I want everyone to help to catch the heart of this. That being a strong Christian is not a choice for some of us only. It is actually an obligation for all of us. Being a strong Christian is something that all of us must be convicted to do. It's not only for a certain elect few. All of us together, we must come. It starts again, building our spirit man. Strong. Strength comes from within. And with that, I just want to share again why we are doing the children rally. For all of you to catch. And it's so happened, it's also called strong that we believe that our children, they are going through all the challenges as what Paul said, that all the various challenges that are coming towards them in the world, the, the, the various principles, non-godly principles, we want our children to catch what is God saying through the Word. That's why we want to equip the children. Know the Word of God. We want to equip the children to encounter God, to learn to worship God, to be baptised with the Holy Spirit so that they are able to live a strong lifestyle. A lifestyle that is not influenced on whatever happens, what, on, on the various uh, lies that will come to them, that, the ungodly things. They can stand strong because you know what? Sometimes parents, we are not go always going to be there. Teachers, we are not always not going to be there for our children. Pastors, we are not always going to be there for your children. But who is always going to be there? Jesus. The Word of God that is instilled in their spirit. So today is my another call. If you know of children who are between the age of 4 to 12 years old, can I really encourage you? Friends, nephew, all this, anyone that fits this age group of 4 to 12 years old, can I encourage you? Register them so that they can catch who Jesus is in their life. They must. And coming back to all of us, when Small is not strong. Big is not strong. Strong is strong. Today, Jesus is making this call to everyone. Be strong. Be strong. So that when you go through challenges in your workplace, you can be strong because you have Jesus in your life. When you're at home, when conflicts happen, we want godliness to be in the home. We want to have a strong family. For that to happen, we need to have Jesus. We need to be filled with the Word. We need to put godliness in the family. That's how we can have strong families. That's how we can have strong businesses. That's how we can have strong relationships. That's how we can have a strong church. So friends, today, I hope all of you catch the essence of today. At the end of the day, let's build our spirit, man. It starts from deep inside. Now can I just invite everyone to just close your eyes for this time?
today if it's you that after hearing all this that you feel that Jeremy I really want to build my spirit life again my spirit man again my, I want to build my spiritual life that I want to be godly again I want to make a decision to start reading the Bible again I want to make a decision to say Jesus I want to follow after you I want to live a godly lifestyle I know I've been just falling sideways sometimes when I go through various challenges but today I want to make a decision that I want to live a strong lifestyle that I want to first be strong in my spirit man. if that is you today can I just invite you to just raise your hands no, no one looking around this is just a desire your desire to say Jesus I want to build my spirit man so that I can be strong raise up your hands no one looking around. No one looking around. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for your word that's been spoken to all of us today. That you see all these hands raised today. Lord, you see our desire. That Lord, we want to, at the end of the day, live a strong lifestyle for you. A lifestyle that is godly. A lifestyle that is filled with your word and principles. So that come what may, that I and that we can still stand firm. That we will, that when we have decided to follow you, there's no turning back. That Lord, we want to follow after your value system. We want to follow after you. That whatever the world teaches, the Lord give us that strength to just put it behind us. That we would just follow after you. Help us, Lord, to live a strong lifestyle. Just continue to be seated at this point, even as the worship team just sings this worship song. I pray it will be a prayer for all of us to say that even in times of trouble, we will still follow you. We go through tough times. I will still follow you, Jesus. Hallelujah.